Very good morning to all of you, those of you who are on site here, and those of you who are worshipping with us online. This Sunday is designated as a Witness and Evangelism Sunday. We are actually invited uh, at Poussin to preach, but due to some reason, he's not able to be here. So I am taking over from him. I had chosen 1 Corinthians 9, 16-23 as the scripture text. Before we read the passage, let me give you the context of the passage. Paul had a great burden for the salvation of both the Jews and the Gentiles. In fact, he said in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 16, I am compelled to preach. Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. And in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 12, Paul said that he gave up, he gave up his right to receive material support in order not to hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul tried to reach both the Jews and the Gentiles by not boasting of his liberty from the law before the Jews and by not imposing the law on the Gentiles. His one response was to win both the Jews and the Gentiles for Christ, and he tried his best not to have any obstacles that would stand in the way. So let's now turn to 1 Corinthians 9, 19-23. As I read the passage, please take note of the key word, win, in the passage. Let me read to you. For though I am free from all, I have made myself a servant to all, that I might win some of them, or I will win more of them. To the Jews I became as a Jew, in order to win Jews. To those under the law I became as one under the law, though not being myself under the law, that I might win those under the law. To those outside the law, I became as one outside the law, not being outside the law of God, but under the law of Christ, that I might win those outside the law. To the weak, I became the weak, that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people, that by all means I might save some. I do it all for the sake of the gospel, that I may share with them in his blessing. So Paul did it all for the sake of the gospel, so that he would win them for Christ, so that he would be able to share with them the blessings that come with the gospel. So to be good witnesses for Christ, we need to learn to build bridges. We need to avoid building walls. We need to be intentional in building relationship with the people we attempt to reach for Christ. So that's my first point. Be intentional in building relationship. In December 2020, I went to conduct a home blessing in a new HDB estate. I was shown this jar, this jar of cookies. The note on the card is as follows. Can we show the picture? Okay. It says, Dear neighbor, 
We want to wish you a blessed and merry Christmas with these cookies we bake. We hope this small gift will put a smile on your face. Let's make this neighborhood better together. Peace, love, and God bless the King family. And the card was also printed with these words. Christmas may look different this year, but its story will always be the same. Watch stories of life transformation and experience a hope that never fails. This was a good, I thought this was a good example of building relationship with the neighbor. I took a photo of the jar of cookies with a cup, keeping it for sermon illustrations in future. You know, we pastors uh, always look out for uh, sermon illustrations. And I'm very glad that I can use it for my sermon today. So through the jar of cookies and the notes, the King family established contact with the new neighbor. This opens the way for relationship building and opportunity for sharing the gospel in future. We can tell of many stories of how people come to the Lord through the care and concerns shown by their Christian friends. And here's a story shared by a pastor from Florida, John Stroman. He said, When I first met Johnny, he was dying of lung cancer. He had just received word that he had only a few months to live and had been placed under hospice care. Johnny was a poor, frightened man sent home to die in the only home he knew, an old trailer in a run-down trailer park. I work with the hospice staff to provide pastoral care for Johnny. My relationship with Johnny deepened, and we built trust over time as he related his life journey to me. Life was hard for Johnny, yet he was not bitter. In fact, he remained an outgoing and jovial man, grateful for everything we did for him. He grew weaker until he was bedridden. When I asked him if he knew what was happening, he replied, Yes, I am dying. I'm afraid, Johnny said, because I don't know what to expect. So in our moments together, we had honest, open discussions regarding death, dying, and God. Although Johnny felt unworthy, because he had not attended church since he was a child, I assured him he did not have to earn God's love, that God loved him regardless. Over his last few weeks, we repeatedly read his favorite scripture, the 23rd Psalm. Each time I came to visit, he would repeat the version of his favorite verse. Even though I walked through the dark valley, God is with me. I am not afraid. I told him to hold on to this promise, and he would see him through. So Johnny had never been given this kind of care in his life. Hospice volunteers brought in his favorite food, did house cleaning, and repaired 
his disintegrated thriller, the music therapist, and he sang the songs he enjoyed most. When Johnny's health was declining, we kept a faithful vigil by his bedside, determined to keep our promise that he would not die alone. The music therapist slightly strummed her guitar as the nurse stood by his side, making sure he was comfortable. He whispered to her, You are so good. I held Johnny's scarred, colorless hand and prayed, The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lifts up his countenance to shine upon you and give you peace. The small group around his bed whispered softly, Amen. Johnny's agitation and fear gave way to peace. So Johnny experienced the forgiveness, mercy, grace, and acceptance of a loving God through the care of God's people. Let's be intentional in building relationship with our neighbors, colleagues, and people in our social circles. Let's show our care and concerns for them. There are many testimonies of people coming to the Lord through the care and concern shown by God's people in the time of crisis and in the times of needs. So let us be intentional in building bridges to the gospel in our conversation. That leads to my second point, be intentional in building a bridge to the gospel. In the book, Conversational Evangelism, authors David and Norman Geisler share an engaging conversational approach to evangelism. I quote, This model explores effective ways of integrating compelling Christian evidence into our daily conversations with pre-believers through interactive dialogues. There are primarily four types of conversational engagements. A conversation that focuses, one, on hearing what the other person actually believes. Two, on asking questions, illuminating gaps in their belief systems. Three, on uncovering real barriers and deeper root issues. Four, on building a bridge to the gospel. For this morning, I will focus just on building a bridge to the gospel. Those of you who are interested and you want to find out more, you want to read up about all the approaches and also some of the examples and illustrations given, you can just uh, Google www.conversationalevangelism.com and you will be able to read. So you don't have to get the book. Yeah, you can read up and if you find that you want more detail, then you go and get hold of the book. I find I actually recommend it for your reading. It's quite helpful, you know, in helping us to know how to we, you know, share the gospel, you know, when the opportunities arise using, you know, this uh, model. So let's look at uh, the ways that we can build 
a bridge to the gospel. One way is to find common ground with those you are attempting to reach. Build conversations with others based on common interests and hobbies. 1 Corinthians 9.22, Paul said, To the weak I became weak that I might win the weak. I have become all things to all people that by all means I might save some. You can also do so by searching spiritual common ground. Just give you two examples from uh, Paul's uh, um, missionary trip. First is recorded in Acts chapter 17, verses 22 to 23. Let me read. So Paul, standing in the midst of the Areopagus, said, Men of Adams, I perceive that in every way you are very religious. For as I passed along and observed the objects of your worship, I found also an author with this inscription to the unknown God. What therefore you worship as unknown, this I proclaim to you. So here we see that Paul acknowledged that they were very religious. That kind of uh, helped them to let their guard down. So he acknowledged they were religious. He didn't criticize them. He then led on to their worship of the unknown God and proclaimed to them the one true creator God. What a wise approach. The second passage is recorded in Acts chapter 28, 23-24. When they had appointed a day for him, they came to him at his lodging in greater numbers. From morning to evening, he expounded to them, testifying to the kingdom of God and trying to convince them about Jesus, both from the law of Moses and from the prophets. And some were convinced by what he said, but others disbelieved. Here, as a fellow Jews, Paul made use of the common spiritual ground. Because they were all concerned about the kingdom of God, and they were all well-versed in the Lord of Moses and from the prophets. So Paul used the theme of the kingdom of God and showed them, convinced them, that Jesus is indeed the one that they have been waiting from the Lord of Moses and from the prophet. So you can see that in these two pages, Paul actually used different approaches. Yeah, he find a common ground, then he latched on, on it, and then he went on to share the gospel. Second, another way to build a bridge is to remember the goal, to remove obstacles to Christ. As we share with others in the attempt, you know, to kind of build a bridge so that to the gospel, don't put down on their beliefs and don't attack their viewpoints. So in the example early on in Acts 17, Paul didn't ridicule the men of Athens for worshipping many idols. And Paul also did not kind of uh, mock them, you know, for worshipping an unknown God. But he used it as a kind of, uh, to latch on, to share about the one creator God. He told them, what you worship as unknown, I proclaim to you. And as a result, 
some of the people believe and follow Christ. So in our conversation, in our attempt you know, to bring people to Christ, don't attack their viewpoint. Also, no point arguing because let's bear in mind, we, just, we want to remove the obstacles or not to erect walls. We want to build bridges. And bear in mind that we should not just aim at winning the battle and in the process lose the war. So that is the second point that we remember how to build a bridge. I heard a testimony that left a deep impression on me. A Christian brother spent 20 years witnessing to his friends. He didn't attempt to attack his friends' viewpoints and he didn't also try to win the arguments. But he patiently deepened his relationship with his friend and he sought every opportunity to share how Christ made a difference in his life. Finally, the friend acknowledged Christ as his Savior and Lord after 20 years. Oh, I really marvel him. That's why I would remember this. In fact, I met this uh, brother in a wedding that I was, conduct- I was solemnizing. I couldn't remember whether he, uh, he's the father of the bride of the bridegroom. But then the friend was there, was invited to the, to the wedding. The friend was the one who told me. And it was so appreciative that this friend never gave up on him and persistently you know, share with him and share his life with him and share how God uh, works in his life. And after 20 years, he became a Christian. And at the point that he was talk- uh, sharing this uh, with me, he's serving. he was serving as a cell leader in the church. How wonderful. Another way that we can build a bridge to the gospel is to actively seeking opportunities to transit to the gospel. One example, we can be like in our course of a conversation, we can just casually you know, ask our friend and say, hey, what do you think? What do you think is the main difference you know, between Christianity and all other religions? The answer is uh, actually quite simple. It's do versus done. For all other religions, it's like you have to win God's favor. You have to uh, put in an effort uh, to make sure that you have the favor of God, you, that you will be able to, uh, whatever, to be saved or to be reincarnated to a higher level. But for Christianity, is everything is really done for us. Christ has done everything for us. So what we need to do is to just acknowledge that we have sinned, that we need a sin, uh, need a saviour, and that we, you know, accepted salvation, the grace of God, the forgiveness, just by receiving this gift from God. So that is the main difference. So you can just, in a sense, like share, seek opportunity to transit to the gospel, and of course, don't re- uh, remember that. As we build bridges to the gospel, we pray for the Holy Spirit to guide us and lead us. That if we find that, we, if we sense that the time is right, and our friend is ready to make the commitment, our friend is ready to take a step of faith, invite them you know, to take this step of faith, to pray a prayer. 
the so-called sinner's prayer. And we need to really pray and avoid being like a circling plane which failed to land in the airport. Uh, this takes a lot of like so-called wisdom and sensitivity. You can pray for God. So these are two simple ways that today I am sharing. You know, nowadays, I think many of us, the time has changed. Very few people nowadays, you know, will simply be able to respond to the so-called false spiritual law. You see, nowadays, the main belief is like, you know, there's no absolute truth. You know, it's what your, your view or point is what matters. So some will not listen and they will get offended if we tell them Christ is the only way. So they need a lot of uh, so-called, the, the, the soil of your heart need a lot of tilling and cultivating. So these are ways that we can, you know, kind of uh, sow the seeds, you know, kind of plow the field so that at the right time, the people will be able to take the step of faith and accept Jesus as the Lord and Savior. So how do we apply it? So I share with you the two ways. It's like build relationship, which is very important. And secondly, is find opportunity in our conversation to introduce, you know, the, the gospel, to introduce conversation, you know, about God. So these are the two simple ways. Then how should we apply it for ourselves? I think firstly, you see, we have to pray for God to lay in our hearts the burden for those who are yet to know Christ, know God. Paul has such a great burden in his heart that he said, Woe to me if I do not preach the gospel. So ask God to lay this burden in our heart. Ask God to really help us to really to know that our loved ones' eternity, our eternal destiny, you know, is at stake. Then you know we will be kind of uh, pushed. We will be compelled to share the gospel. This is the first thing. If we don't have that, don't have this burden, I think it's uh, very hard for us to progress. Yeah. So that is the first thing that we need to really pray. And secondly, I think we need to uh, intentionally identify maybe each time about two or three people that we want to reach and consistently pray for the person and consist and be intentional, you know, in building relationship with the people that we want to reach and to find ways to share, you know, about how God make a difference in our lives, share testimonies. I find that testimony is the most powerful, not so much the, you know, the argument or the theology. I mean, that is important. There will be a time for that. But before you're able to go to on to that, you need to have a relationship with this person. So that is where I think we need to intentionally build relationship with the people that we want to reach. And one it and following that, we can also at the same time, you know, invite them to register for the Taste of Alpha. The next run of Taste of Alpha is uh, coming up soon. So invite, you know, the friend that we want to reach, if we already brow, uh, kind of plow the soil, invite the person to the Taste of Alpha. And if your schedule permit, if it's possible, 
accompanied the person to all the sessions. And we had actually seen, you know, how God had blessed, you know, the taste of Alpha. I think some of us here, you came to know the Lord through the taste of Alpha. And you are now serving. Some of them are in the church and some are actually serving on team that uh, on the Alpha team. So this is one thing that we can do. Because sometimes we really find that, oh, I don't know how to uh, really lead this person to Christ and all. Then you are like, uh, like say, the, the plane circling. Uh, don't know how to land. Invite them to the place of Alpha. Or currently we are actually, we have just uh, started, you know, the, this uh, meeting in the, the Friends at Hub. Of course, we have the team. We are praying for the team that can come, that will also like uh, teach other the service, the logistics, and everything. But we need every one of us in the congregation to play a part as well, because we want to. In fact, we focus, you know, on reaching, using it as a platform to reach our pre-believing friends in the Amokyo community. Of course, I think we should not forget, you know. The, our pre-believing friends and family members. So if every one of us will pray and intentionally bring, you know, one or two of your pre-believing friends or family members to the to the uh, friends at hearts meeting and gathering, that will be a one step forward, you know, to like leading them to Christ. Because then you they will be able to hear the testimonies. They will be able to also learn more about God. Because if we have the team working very hard there, and then we don't have our members are not bringing friends and uh, pre-believing friends and family, then it will be quite a waste of uh, effort. So if everyone, I want to appeal to all of you, you know, you don't have to be there every Sunday, you know, or you can even find out from the team, you know, what's a what's a focus, what's a theme of that day sharing or testimony, then bring your family members. And the friends that you think they will be, the topics that the uh, and the teaching will be relevant for them, bring them there. And I believe that if we continue to do that, we will definitely see fruits, and that we will see more people. Currently, we are also thinking. I think we had a prayer walk earlier on, and we said, oh, we see that a lot of young family there, and they they have these uh, uh, vendors, you know, of the food stores, and we also had our bus drivers there. And we want to reach them. But how do we do that? We will need people to go down to find out who are these people. For example, if we want to reach a bus driver, we need to know their schedule. What do they do? You know? What are their shift hours? What are their concerns and all this? We need to find out. If not, we can sit in the, we can sit in the so-called in our hall, continue plan program. We don't know what are their needs. We don't know the profile of the people there. It's harder, you know, to reach them. So all this, we will need people, and we will continue to need your prayer also. Since we have, you know, our intention to use these friends at heart as a platform to reach the pre-believers. Let's come together as a church. You know, not, not just a team that is our so-called taking charge of the service, in the sharing, the logistics, but everyone can play a part. A small part that we can play, a small and significant part that each and everyone of us can play, is to bring your pre-believing friends and family members there. Of course, if you want to, uh, if you can spend maybe even a bit more time, maybe something, can be volunteers at our outreach events. 
You know, we have been having these tuition ministries for many years. And we are, we have decided to intentionally reach out to the tuition families. So the outreach and social concerns also are planning, you know, to have regular events. And then we will continually invite the parents to come. So far, we have a few events. The response from the parents were actually not bad. So we will continue to organize that. But then we meet again for members to come. You know, to come and get to know the parents, to build relationship with them, and then through your relationship with them and your your uh, your your kind of genuine care for their life circumstances and all this, we can share the gospel. For example, you know, on 23rd July, the Family Life Ministry organized the screening of Show Me the Fathers. We invited the parents of the tuition kids, and some parents came. I had the opportunity to speak to a mother after the movie. She had very positive feedback on the movie. And I briefly commented on God as a father. Because in this movie, they show the stories of five fathers and also how God will work to transform their relationship with the children. And along the way, they will teach about God as a heavenly father. So it was easily since she, she was touched by the by the stories, just latch on to comment on God as a father. We just sow a seed, and then I just found out that this mother has three children, you know, in attending our tuition classes. That means in the primary school, and then I think you know, if I know one is in the lower set, that means this parent, unless something happens, she move away. If not, she will have many years with us. If every time we have events, we organize our uh, organize events, and then we continue to talk this mother. If let's say if I know one, will get to know her. Every time she come, I will continue to look out for her, to build relationship with her. It will reach a time when I able to call her out for tea, for lunch, you know, outside of the events. And that will give us more opportunity to kind of uh, share gospel. But there again, we need more volunteers. But if you only just have one person, there may be 10 parents that come for the event. One person can only talk to one. If you want your conversation to be more meaningful, you can only talk to one. Then what about the other nine? The most opportunity will be wasted. So if we have more people that come on, we will be able to touch more parents. So I think the ne- we will be organizing the next event. And when we make the announcement, pray that you know, some of you may be able to respond and come. And then commit yourself to each time when we invite the tuition parents or even you know, the uh, people that we reach out to around here, the different blocks, you go back to the same person. And I'm sure over time, you will see the fruits. So these are some of the ways that we can build a bridge to the gospel. Of course, I think you can think of many other ways, but let us, you know, as the church, you know, care for the people who are yet to know the Lord and then reach out to them. For those of us who are already engaging in it, continue to to do it. For those of us who have yet to do it, we just start where we are and allow the Lord to lead us. And I am sure we will see the fruit if we do not give up. Remember the testament I told you about this uh, friend, 20 years. That's why he left a very deep impression in my mind. I always would remember that. You know, but 
the time spent is really worth it. Yeah, because this friend's eternal destiny was changed you know, by his heart for him, his care for him. Let us pray. Lord, I want to thank you that we are found by you. And we are now safely in your sheepfold. And we have the assurance of salvation. And we have this uh, eternal destiny which is in your hand. Thank you, Lord. And we also want to thank you, the people who played a part in our salvation, people who have invited us to church, or people who have shared the gospel, people who care for us and introduce us you know, to you. Lord, we really want to thank you for them because they really help us you know, to be, to come to know you. So Lord, having experienced your grace, your mercy, your forgiveness, and also having been blessed by the many people who played a part in our salvation, Lord, let us also you know, have the same love and concern with our friends, with our family members who are yet to know you. So pray that, Lord, you will lay the burden of those who are yet to know you in our hearts, that we will begin to pray intentionally for them, and also we will intentionally look for ways you know, to deepen our relationship, look for ways, you know, to have this uh, conversation and look for ways that we can introduce the gospel to them, that we will be able to build a bridge, you know, to the gospel. So we just uh, commit this to you and pray that, Lord, you will lead us on. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.